Well, Taylor, I know you're probably itching to say I told you so. The stats are out for 2023. Phase one, just phase one so far, are out as of Wednesday for 2023. And I don't know. I think we were... I think we were pretty right on the money with our predictions. What do you think? I think we hit the nail on the head and kind of looking forward and what that means. I think we're going to be, we might've even been a little conservative with the overall match rate that might be at the end of this. I think it's looking a little more positive for candidates perspective than we led to believe in our last recording. So let's just start diving into these stats. And now when we're talking about these, we only compared phase one this year, because that's all that's available, to phase one 2022. This is going to sound a little different than what we just talked about in our match predictions episode, because we were talking about combined in the match predictions. And so the numbers we're going to talk about today are just the phase one comparisons. And so they're not going to be as robust as when we get the final results. Yeah, and keep in mind phase one last year was even when you're comparing it as a baseline to this year, phase one last year was even better from the candidate's perspective than it was in previous years. So when we talk about trends, keep that in mind. Let's do applicants first, and then let's talk about positions. So when we think about the number of candidates or prospective candidates enrolled, so not the ones that actually submit rank list, but just in general enrolled. There was 5,643. Last year, there were 6,385 in phase one. So that was like almost a little over 10% reduction, like 700 fewer applicants that enrolled this year. Yeah, that's a big drop. Yeah, we've kind of speculated on reasons we thought that might happen, but that's just a lot of fewer people actually sought residency positions this year. This is that pool, which you can look at the breakdown on the stats website. That's the pool that's not the same as the number actually participating. These are all the candidates that originally kind of started the forecast process and enrolled in that match initially, but then some of them withdrew. And in fact, like we're at what, around 900 withdrew from the match before the rank order lists were submitted. So 740 something, I mean, that's a, that's a drop. Yeah. And then when we talk about number that participated in the match, so these are applicants that submitted rank lists, that was 4,764 this year in phase one versus 5,128 last year. So a difference of about 364. And I think you had mentioned you thought it would be about 500 from last year. But I think you have to consider that, you know, with the number that enrolled in the match being that much lower, I think we're pretty on par with what we had thought would would happen. That's the thing. I did not expect the number enrolled to drop that much. I would have I would have guessed and we didn't even talk about this last time. I would guess like maybe a couple hundred that the enrollees yeah. would drop. So the fact that the enrollment dropped so much, there was just less people to even be in that pool of competing for interviews and things like that. So I think that's why we didn't see as big of a drop. It's still overall a big drop in total candidates from the previous year. Now the numbers that everybody's you know interested in, the number that matched. And again, phase one only here. 3,560 this year compared to 3,688 last year. So a, a difference of a little over 100. And while that is fewer people overall, we kind of have to think about that in terms of percentage since there was fewer people participating. So when we talk about percentage-wise, that's about a almost a 75% match rate just in phase one compared to about 71.5% last year. So that's much, much higher, almost a 3% absolute increase. 
So I think we were pretty pretty right, and I think what we will see after phase two of the match when we talk about it, we'll, I think we're going to see a little bit higher than 80% than what we predicted. Because mm-hmm. it was 77% last year, total final, right? We are on track to see that greater than 80%, which would be the first time, I don't even know, it, maybe ever it's been that high. <laughs> I mean, fr- from all the stats that you can go back and look at, I don't, I don't think that we have higher than that i think it's always been in the 60s so i I mean it's it's changing for sure which is great great news for for candidates i think another thing that we've seen too is that a lot more getting their first or their top choices so do you want to comment on that real quick yeah so the number that just got their first choice so these are candidates ranking programs this is your chance of getting your first choice. In 2022, it was 59%. It increased to 62% in 2023. So a slight increase. And then when you look at candidates who got their first and second choice, it increased from 81.5% in 2022 to 82.7% in 2023. So a modest increase there. I don't know. I honestly thought that was less than I would if you show me the other numbers and say guess how many mm-hmm. got their first and second choice i would have thought it would grow more i'm i'm happy it grew though yeah i'm not sure why that still a little bit of growth but i'm glad it's just not going in the opposite direction but hopefully you know it continues to kind of steadily grow but that's a good thing i think getting one of your top 2 choices even your top 3 i think is awesome i like this number let's talk about positions offered The stats we have are the positions offered for just PGY1 was 4,232 positions in 2023. That's an increase of about 20-something from 2022, where it was only 4,205. Yeah, pretty negligible. Not really any growth. So our prediction was right. The number of positions that were offered from like a, a program standpoint remained the same, which is you know, a good thing when we're talking about it in terms of the overall applicant pool going down from a candidate perspective. That shows us that programs aren't based on the candidacy pool, aren't deciding, you know, it's not worth it to have a residency and pulling their residency status from ASHP or or taking breaks or doing things like that. So we're continuing to grow positions. And honestly, as long as that stays the same each year with the applicant pool dropping, that's still good that we're maintaining all these residency positions. Yeah, and similarly for PGY2 positions, that was a very modest growth of 17 positions from 982 to 999. So again, kind of negligible, but good news that we haven't seen a decline in positions. And then with unfilled positions, so now this is the part, everybody who's in phase two or thinking about doing phase two, this is the part you're most concerned about is, you know, what options are open, what's available. So we had a a pretty big increase in just the general PGY1, just all PGY1 positions by about 155 more positions in phase two in 2023 than there was in 2022, totaling about 672 positions. Yeah, that's the most, definitely the most it's ever been pretty significant, but it kind of just stays in line with the above statistics that we talked about. Good news if you're going into phase two and you're willing to cast a wide net, you know, it's it's definitely looking good from your perspective. This is probably the most interesting stat we have because because we kind of thought this other stuff was going to happen. But this is the thing that I was not expecting was that the unfilled general PGY1. So these are not the specialized ones like managed care. This is just your general run of the mill PGY1 program. That increased by 145. So it went from 353 to 498 
from last year to this year, which means that the biggest growth we've seen in these unfilled positions was just general PGY1s, which is usually not the case. Usually you see these specialized programs kind of grow more because less people are seeking specialized. I'm thinking people are being more, are looking at some of those more non-traditional residency programs or more specialized PGY1s since there were more pharmacy practice or general PGY1s that was contributing to the most, to most of the unfilled positions. So that's, that's huge. So I think people are just being choosy about what types of programs they're maybe pursuing versus just a generalized PGY1. So PGY2 basically stayed the same in terms of unfilled. So let's go back to what you're saying about, so what are your chances now? Like who who are you going up against? What are your chances in phase two? Yeah. So let's talk about that and kind of break that down. So first of all, if you are going into phase two and trying to match to a position, feel free to reach out to both of us, either of us, and we can definitely help with any questions that you have as you go forward. Again, make sure to have, based on some of our advice in previous episodes, try to get those applications in as soon as possible when they open up on Monday. When we're looking back at like your chances and everything, so let's kind of talk about that line by line. So if we talk about there were 1,200, roughly 1,204 that didn't match based on the number that participated in the match minus the number that matched. So let's keep that 1,204 in mind. But if we look at the number that enrolled in the match initially and that didn't return rankings. Out of those, if we look at a breakdown of why they didn't return rankings, some we can kind of exclude because they have other positions offered or they decided it wasn't for them. But if we be more conservative and say that all the people that didn't get any interviews in phase one or just the ones that didn't give a reason, let's just assume that they're going to pursue phase two. That's an additional roughly 600 people that could join that 1204 that didn't match. And not all those 1204 that didn't match will necessarily go through with phase two. That's a good point because you've got people that are restricted regionally. And so they only had two or three programs that were even an option and have already had those family discussions where it's, hey, if I don't get these three programs because we put down roots here, I'll go this alternative path and and choose this. It would be wrong to assume all 1,204 are going to pursue phase two. Right. So thinking that and and keeping that in mind, worst case scenario, let's say 1,800 potential applicants for phase two. Mm -hmm. Worst, worst case. I don't think that that's going to be that high, but Mm -hmm. let's just go with that. We're talking about 672 unfilled positions. So roughly three candidates per position out there. And I'd say if you did get interviews in phase one and you're willing to cast a wide net, your chances should be pretty good. So make sure like if you're thinking about that, be willing to cast a wide net if that is an option for you, because there's a lot of really great positions out there. I was kind of browsing through the list yesterday. There's still a lot of good positions you just might consider less restriction geographically there's still if you do have like a certain region like say you want to stay in the southeast uh, there's still a lot of programs that would kind of fit in that area and this is the point in time where these program directors are emailing 
faculty members they know and saying, hey, do you have any great students? Because we have these positions that are unfilled. Anybody we should keep an eye out for. So definitely let everyone you can know, if you've decided to do phase two, let those faculty members know, let those preceptors know that are involved with your career path or engaged with what you're doing. They wrote your recommendation letter, say, hey, my chances aren't that bad. I'm going to I'm gonna go on with phase two. That way, when they get those emails or they get those texts, they're like, hey, yeah, you should consider this person. Yeah, that's a good point. Let everybody know. Reach out now. And also maybe even consider if you if you only applied to general PGY1s during phase one, think about if your career path, what you want to pursue would maybe align with some of those more specialized programs. So, you know, if you do know that you want to go into ambulatory care, maybe looking at some of those ambulatory care focused PGY1s or commun- even community pharmacy PGY1s that, you know, have a lot of AMCARE components to it. So just be thinking about that as you're looking at those positions. We've got 124 community pharmacy residencies, which if you're wanting to know what that means, you know, we have a great multiple episode series on what is community pharmacy residency. Go back and listen to that. I think you'd be surprised at what it actually entails. We've got eight managed care, which I actually like that because that's usually the least sought after one. And so those aren't taking up a lot of these other spots. There's only about eight of those. And you've got a lot of these two year. I mean, if you're one of these people that doesn't want to have to worry about trying to get another residency, there's a ton of good two year programs still. There's especially there's 21 health system administration and leadership ones. I mean, you've got, oh, you've even got a couple pharmacotherapy two years one. There you go. Taylor right there. And is your program in there? (laughs) No, No, absolutely not. That would never go unmatched. I'm just, I won't add that in, but yeah, but yeah, there's a lot of really good programs still available. Definitely check them out if not, but I mean, Mm -hmm. I think we're dealing with something too. I want to say, I'm sorry to just derail this. No, you're Uh, good. This used to be a lot easier. You used to be able to go through this list in an afternoon and just be like, oh, okay, here's some I want to look at. I mean, we're looking at 498 positions, but that's not 498 programs. There's multiple positions and some programs, but that's a lot of stuff to go through. Absolutely. just go back to what we talked about, you know, set first, draw that circle, set that region, see what's in that region. And then as you get time, start widening that net, looking at programs outside yeah. of it, reach out to your mentors. Hey, give the mm-hmm. list to the mentors. Do you see any of these programs that you know, or that I should be looking into that's just not on my radar? Because it's not feasible to apply to all these. I mean, that would cost right. you thousands of dollars. Right. So, this is weird that we're even having these conversations. I never thought this would be like, oh, I know. there's a lot of like, programs to choose from. Three years ago, I, I didn't think we would have it, but here we are. And I would also, as we're talking about advice for phase two, think about, as we as we talk about casting a wider net, even think about applying to more programs in phase two, maybe than you, than you applied to in phase one. And I just say that because just to increase your chances, but you know, interviews are going to be pretty much exclusively virtual and they'll be probably shortened. So you can probably do a lot more interviews this time around than you would for phase one. Even though it's a you know abbreviated time period, you could probably knock multiple out in a week. So just think about that. And as you're kind of reworking your materials, again, feel free to reach out. But when you're when you're reworking your materials, you know, make sure that you take time to reflect on your phase one materials and kind of identify those pieces that maybe didn't reflect so well on you as as you revise them for phase two and how you can improve them. You know, when you're revising your letter of intent, you can mention in there that you've done a lot of reflecting during phase one and you can kind of mention that in your letters, but you don't have to write a completely new letter of intent. 
and, and programs have lowered their expectations. They still have high expectations, but they're not. They don't think you've been looking at them for six months and have tailored this letter of intent for them. They're understanding that you're just trying to show what you can offer the program and the, the things you found interesting really briefly with that program. Like they're not expecting a brand new letter of intent. They're understanding. If you do want to contact us, email us at the postgraduate pharmacist at gmail.com. That way Taylor and I can both kind of monitor that and look and get back to y'all as quick as we can. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited to to talk about this again in you know a few weeks once phase two is over and kind of seeing what happens. My prediction, though, is that I bet we'll only have about 1,200 or so that actually participate in phase two, maybe 1,300 mm-hmm. if I'm being conservative. I don't think all 1,800 that we kind of mentioned would, but you never know. But that's my prediction. What do you think? Yeah, I agree to that. And I would say, though, that there's probably going to be about 150 positions open in the scramble because I don't think people are going to reach out there wide enough. And there's going to be a lot of geographical issues with phase twos because we've never dealt with this many programs. I bet we're going to have, I bet we don't know this, but there's these competitive bubbles around the country where you have large concentrations of candidates that aren't looking to move geographically to other places. Yeah. So we're going to see 150 positions, but we'll, we'll talk about that in our next episode when those stats come out, maybe yeah. how to address those. Yeah. So potentially even a good opportunity, you know, ho- hopefully you're successful in phase two, but ho- potential opportunity to find a good program in the scramble or post-match phase. All right. Well, we shall see you in a few short weeks, but thank you all for listening to this episode. I was really excited to talk about this stuff. We love numbers and stats and everything and looking love at these them. trends. But best of luck to you in phase two, if that's if that's the route you pursue. And congratulations to everybody who matched in phase one. If we helped you in your phase one, let us know. Give us a shout out or message us and let us know and tell your friends about us, uh, your underclassmen, so they can use us as they go through this process next year.